This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host. <gasps> Even I'm getting bored of it. Andy Goldstein. I'm never getting bored of saying my own name. I am getting bored. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I will never say it again in this podcast. And we begin the podcast with Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show. Oh. Did it there. Anyway, the former pro boxer turned broadcaster, the brilliant Spencer Oliver, was on my show. As Eddie Hearn announced the deal is almost done for a two-fight matchup between Anthony Joshua AJ and Tyson Fury, TF. Spencer told me and Jerry Groves that this is going to be brilliant for the heavyweight clash. It will be if it's in England. Please make it in England. I think it's a great fight. It's an absolutely great fight. I've seen them. I've seen them two sparring actually many years ago when Fury was a, just, just turned professional and Joshua was still amateur, and it was a great spar then. But stylistically, yeah, I think that they'll be they'll be great because Fury's very unpredictable, isn't he? Look what he done with Deontay Wilder last time. Instead of boxing Wilder, which we all thought he was going to do, he took the fight to him, proved that he can have a fight, and that's going to be interesting because Joshua Fury. I think Joshua will be pushing forward. You'd expect Fury to be working from the outside. But Fury, you, know, you never know of him. He might come and meet fire with fire. He might go straight in the middle of Joshua. Then we've got a real ding-dong right from the opening bell. But I think stylistically, it'll be a great fight. The biggest fight in British boxing history has just been agreed. Get up there, my boy! One problem. I've just got to smash Deontay Wilder's face right in, in the next fight. Um, and then we go into the Joshua fight next year. Deontay Wilder is very unpredictable in the way that he fights. Technically, he's terrible, but because he's terrible, he's unpredictable. And unpredictability, you know, is difficult to fight against. So, like, he, he wings those shots in like he's throwing a, a cricket ball. And if he catches you, catches you with one, you're going to sleep. You know, I think it's so... He's got to get through that one. And if he does get through that one, he has to box his mandatory, which is Dillian White. And again, Dillian White, we know he's very heavy-handed, he's dangerous... So Fury, for me, he's got the more difficult task in front of him. Kubat Pulev, who Joshua's got a fight, he's decent and he can whack as well. You know, he's a tough guy and he's really up for it. But I fancy Joshua quite strongly in that fight. So I think that Joshua's got the easiest route. Now, this is the former Sunderland and Aston Villa striker Darren Bent recalling the time he went to watch England train and the disappointment that was to follow. 
messaged one of the FA guys and said, listen, do you mind if I come down tomorrow, like bring my kids, bring one of my academy coaches, behind closed doors, there's no fans there, so you can really gauge in what obviously they do, how they play. And he was like, yeah, no worries. So Les Reed, who's in charge of the FA, I've now known Les for a long time now. He was my Charlton manager, he was my coach when I was coming through at the England ranks. So he texted me back and said, yeah, Darren, that's fine. Um, come down. It'd be nice to talk to you about maybe other opportunities, what you fancy doing post-career. So I thought, okay, no worries. So I got there early, had a conversation with Les. And he basically said to me, so what do you see yourself doing? Like, I know you do a lot of the media stuff, but do you ever fancy coaching? And I said, well, I, I do, um, but I saw myself more as like a specialist type coach where obviously I played centre forward. So I want to go and help obviously centre oh, forwards, yeah. do you know what I mean? Centre forwards, whether it be finishing or movements and things like that. So he was like, well, yeah, that's how I see you. Um, that's how I see you doing it, to be fair. When we had conversations and you came up, we said, well, I can see him doing that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, he's like, well, this is what we do is we'll stay in touch. Um, and if something comes up, or not even when something comes up, because I've got to put one or two things into place, and then we'll have a conversation and we'll see if you fancy it. So I was like, yeah, great. And as I said, I wasn't really going there with the intention of trying to get a job or anything, but he approached me by it. And as I said, I wasn't looking to go straight in with a national team, but start somewhere. And he was like, well, we'll stay in touch. And then that was about a year and a half ago, and I think since then I've had one text message. And I think that's where you go, well, is it just lip service? Like, as I said, I didn't ask to go down there and say, oh, can I do this, can I do that? Like you said, oh, can I come down and have a conversation with me? Mm. So that's where you go, well, are we progressing? Like, am I going to get any further forward? And that, again, then put me off again. I said, well, I've got to a point, you've invited me down, I've gone down there, we've had a conversation, and in a year and a half, it's been one text message. And after Watford goalkeeper Ben Foster agreed a new two-year contract to keep him at the club until the age of 39, he joined Jim White, Natalie Sawyer and Trevor Sinclair yesterday morning. The former England man had his say on what football clubs will do to mark the protests happening in society right now, and he was asked whether he would take a knee before the game, like we've seen in Germany. I think everybody would, to be honest with you. I think you've got to you've got to show that you're united. You know, you've got to uh, get on board with everything. You, you know, me as a, a middle class white man, 37 years old, I I haven't had the same life experiences as a lot of people have in football. And I think you've got to show unity with everybody and do exactly the same thing together as a as a whole unit as well. Not just us, not just us Watford Football Club. Every single team in in the Premier League has got to do the same thing. You've got to do as much as you can. I think the the Premier League, the FA, they really really need to embrace this and, and run with this. You know, you see the campaigns that they back currently, you know, with supporting the NHS, you have the rainbow laces, and I think they need to embrace this in exactly the same way. You know, we're, we're fortunate we've got Troy here with us and he's very vocal on this and it's, it's great to sort of get his perspective on things. And um, I know he's in discussion with the, with the Premier League now. Um, as well as you know that that group that they've got with uh, with all the captains from every every Premier League team, they're all they're always in discussions. And I think they had a call yesterday. Actually, I'm not really allowed to talk about what they spoke about because I spoke to Troy this morning. But um, they have got a lot of things in in the pipeworks to um, to to make sure that they're showing that they're fully embracing and backing this. Now, after it was announced the season will be ended on a points per game in League One and League Two, meaning Peterborough miss out on the playoffs, Posh chairman Barry Fry joined TalkSport Breakfast and he said the decision was a disgrace. Or as he probably said, that's a disgrace. <coughs> Sounds nothing like him. I just think it's so unfair. And I think is that the AFL has just gone on and on and on with n- 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 nothing happening. And, and to, to be... To tell them four teams to have tests last week and, and to get back training at the weekend and, and then have a vote on Tuesday is an absolute disgrace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel cheated. I feel robbed. Uh, my whole club, I'm, 
I, I can't get my head round it. In saying that, you, you, you know, the AFL is 71 clubs, three leagues, championship, league one, league two. Well, if the championship's finishing, why ain't league one and league two? I'll tell you why. Because the championship, whoever the three clubs get up, get 186 million for playing in the Premier League, guaranteed. We're gutted, we're disappointed, we're, we're, we're devastated, but we feel sorry for our fans. Also, you'll be lost over this. There's no doubt about it. If you've got no income, you can't pay the people that we employ. And it's sad because as well as the football side of it, we've got a great family outside of football, in the offices, working morning, afternoon and night. And some of those are going to lose their jobs. Some of them are going to have to take pay cuts. And, well, the players are going to have to take pay cuts and all eventually to sort football out because we spend more than we get in and that's suicidal and following the decision taken by league one clubs to bring their season to an early conclusion mark palios told Talksport that the decision was extremely unfair or as he would say oh it's entirely unfair well no that's barry fry again isn't it last night was not a time to to really tell me to speak to anybody I was fairly white-hot with anger. I, I knew the result was going to be what it was going to be just from the reaction of clubs who hadn't rung me back, etc. So it, it wasn't uh, unexpected, but nevertheless, I think the, the, the nature of the unfairness of the whole thing, the football people recognise, I think, um, you know, we, we're not given a chance to play out when we had a very good chance. I mean, Trevor, you've been in the dressing room, I've been in the dressing room. When you're on a run, you know, you're on a run and you know you've got a good chance. And, and we, we were building. So we had a great chance to play out. And, you know, the likes of Charlton have got a chance to play out from there in a difficult position, similar to us in, in, in the Championship. Uh, Stephen has even been given a lifeline because if there's no um, National League, and I'll come back to that point, if there's no National League, you know, that they, they won't get relegated. But, no, we, we, we're not given that chance. And actually, you, know, you then look at clubs in League Two who are given they've got less chance of promotion, probably, and they're given a chance to play for that promotion, having stopped the season. So, you know, it just feels grossly unfair. I think football people recognise that and, you know, um, everybody around the club is, is probably incandescent at this stage. Now, if you listen to me and Jacobs yesterday, there may have been a moment where you went, hold on, this is 2003, and that might not have even been when they did H&J Clips Rewind when they went back to April 2003. A uh, classic bit of Graham Beecroft now, uh, reporting in live from a game. It's been quite a long break as well, just a couple of moments ago, uh, when Marples uh, clashed uh, with the former Doncaster Rovers player who is uh, playing against him this evening. And uh, he actually uh, went down on the ground, Marples, for quite a long time. It was uh, a clash with um, uh, the former Doncaster player. Help me here, boys. I've forgotten his name altogether. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it does it to matters him. to him. It's great how soon forgotten. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Back to Alan Brazil and Mike Parry taking a call. Uh, right, let's go to Wimbledon. Small. Simon, morning. Yeah, hi, Simon. Simon, you're not in a tunnel anywhere, are you? Or down a manhole? Yeah, my telephone's not so good. I can't afford, afford a decent one. Can't afford a decent telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not funny, Mike, is it? But can't really, afford a decent phone. It's very harsh. <laughs> You're poor. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, back to Nigel, by the way, with some bizarre fishing advice for a listener. I'd get myself some of those and I'd make sure your rig is just right because you've mentioned to me before, Joe, that you get runs that don't turn into fish. Now, that suggests to me there's something wrong with the mechanics of your rig. 
maybe you need to shorten your hair. It doesn't seem doesn't seem associated to it, really, does it? Short back and sides, number two all over. What do you mean, Nigel? Nigel sounds as young as he does last doesn't weekend. Sound it sounds different. exactly the same. Doesn't it's amazing, isn't different. it? The ravages yeah. of red wine has taken its toll on one or two of the other <laughs> presenters, clearly. Uh, although Mr. Parry doesn't sound any different. You know, he sounds the same, it's true. So this is um, Alan Brazil and Mike Parry again, talking to a caller about Porky's golfing exploits. Mr. Parry in the second tee then, poor people, having a nice cup of tea, scones and jam on the balcony, had to duck when old Porky teed off. God, it's enough to put you off your food watching him play golf. Yeah, OK, John, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, wasn't keen. <laughs> Didn't like that criticism, did he? Mate? Now, the England manager Gareth Southgate was a guest on the Talksport Breakfast Show. He told the brilliant Laura Woods the postponement of the Euros could work in favour in terms of injuries and new players breaking through. If you don't believe me, if you think you're lying, Goldstein, no, he wasn't. Well, he was. Listen. Clearly, we would have gone into a Euros with big doubts over how physically ready. Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford would have been uh, for a start. There are some areas of the pitch where we have a lot of competition for places and others where we don't have as much. And maybe over the next year, some new players might emerge or some players who've started to dip their toes in the Premier League might develop. That's always a little bit up in the air. You know, if we'd have said a year ago that Mason Mount would get as many games for Chelsea as he did this year, I'd have, you know, we wouldn't have been certain about that. But equally, some other players don't get those opportunities. So given the age of our squad, we would hope to be a more mature team in a year's time. But the training time with the group, obviously we've had nothing for 11 months and we don't quite know what the end of the season might look like with the the number of fixtures that are going to be played as well. Back now to Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with me and Jerry Groves. And Jerry revealed a club he almost signed for. This did shock me. Ajax. <laughs> Randomly. No. Yes, honestly, when I was playing uh, for the Gooners, Eric Hall. Remember Monster Monster? Course, he was, yeah. yeah, he was um, in inverted commas, my agent with non-football and stuff, and he used to look at the papers, see who was out the team, and then phone you um, and say, start a fight in training, I'll get your move. And he phoned me on Sunday and said, Ajax want you, bubble up, get yourself on the plane, get over to <laughs> right. Amsterdam. Um, and I said, I can't really do that, Eric. I've got training in the morning. I forget that. And I'm thinking, well, if I get stranded in Holland, what, what am I going to do? do you know what, I mean? so, what am I going to do, yeah. stranded in Holland yeah. in Amsterdam? Mm. Mm. What am I going to do? Exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that was one that didn't happen. Back now to White and Sawyer. Here's the former Newcastle manager, Steve McLaren, or as he likes to call himself, Steve McLaren. He hopes for the Newcastle fans that the takeover happens but the new owners may not be any better than what they've already got. Really? Or really-ish? You'd like to think that it will be done. That's what everybody's been craving for. But you know the northeast; It's a unique area of all. And the Newcastle supporters are thinking, not another season with Mike Ashley. And what happens in a football club, as we all see, is... The crave and, the, and, and we want this and we want that. And we want takeover. We want Mike Ashley out. We want this and that. And it's great. And it's going to be great for the first three, four months. Depends what they do and which direction they go in. They may come in and maybe one of them that are going to cut the budget, not going to give them money, not going to rescue the club, might put them in. Nobody knows until they go in. But what you'll get is a huge lift 
from them supporters wanting change, craving for change. And, and football is, is a religion in the North East, is a religion in Newcastle. They will want to see change. And they must be so frustrated again. But how many times I have seen this living up here in this area, so many people over the years taking over, taking over, take, and it never happens. And this one, the longer it goes on, that's going to slip by as well. And we could check in with kickoff now. Hugh Wozencroft was alongside Matthew Holland. There is a hurdle in the road called the Bronze Bomber, aka the Knockout King, and I will get onto him and knock him spark out. Gareth A. Davies, Talk Sports boxing correspondent, joins us now. Good evening, Gareth. Good evening, gentlemen. I guess the first thing I've got to ask you, though, Gareth, you know, we hear a lot of this stuff in boxing. Is it really happening? Well, look, he said it himself, that they're agreeing behind the scenes to have a fight after their next fight. And, gents, you're long enough, both of you, in the two, to know that anything can happen in boxing and anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. So this is what we knew would happen anyway. If Anthony Joshua beats Kubrat Pulev, who he signed up, who's a mandatory challenger for his belts as well and and Tyson Fury's got this trilogy fight with Deontay Wilder first we don't know when we're going to be back with crowds anyway I don't think these guys are going to fight those two fights behind closed doors because they're so huge and almost demand a crowd so we might be waiting seven or eight months for to see those fights anyway I mean the caveat is if there's a deal in place, maybe they can force it, you know, behind closed doors and make it a big pay-per-view event. Um, it might, but it might be pay-per-poo event. That's what I just <laughs> called it. If, it. if it is behind closed doors, because it merits a stadium or a giant arena in Las Vegas, because you know, and remember, there's a 60,000 Raiders stadium available now in, in in Las Vegas as well, across the road from the MGM. And even though he was absolutely brilliant on February the 22nd in Las Vegas in dismantling uh, Deontay Wilder in seven rounds, he's still got to do it again. And it will be a chess match the third time round. It's good it's going on behind the scenes, but there's still a couple of giant elephants in the room to begin with, in my view. And that's it. Um, we're going to chuck the sports bar a bit on now, but uh, of course I wasn't in the sports bar. It wasn't Andy Goldstein's. Well, it's always my sports bar even when I'm not there, but there's no point listening to it. If you want to have a listen, just have a listen to this now, sports bar. Chocolate three, fruit two, after a tremendous spell from fruit with strawberry picking his spot but being denied by Kit Kat and watermelon crashing a shot against the bar. Now, kumquat came on, not very big. Pineapple went off and the move hasn't worked, quite frankly, for fruit. Galaxy is looking more and more effective and bueno ditto as the game comes towards the end. He's looking the talent that all the big European clubs are looking at. Would have been a shame, really, if... if you know, either team loses at this stage, but Bueno uh, couldn't be denied. One finger Twix played the ball into him. Bueno shimmied infield and sent Mango onto his backside before hitting a beauty into the far angle for a goal worthy of what has been a very entertaining game. As I say, it would have been fair, I think, if the uh, game would have been a draw, but we're right at the very end of it. We're right deep into injury time, and in fact, the whistle has gone. It's all over. Chocolate three, fruit two is the final one. Just a pity there weren't more here what to game. watch it. The final score, chocolate three, fruit two. 
Well, that's it for another podcast, you think? I'm back later on today at 4pm for Drive Time alongside Dean Ashton. And my guest is Toby out of Eerald. He joins the show, so that's going to be a great show. That's 4pm, Drive Time, with me, Dean Ashton, and Toby A. In the meantime, a reminder, you can download previous episodes and future episodes of the podcast via Acast, Spotify, and Apple Pods. That's it. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.